You're listening to the Fringe Legal Podcast. This is the show for lawyers and law firm leaders. I'm your host, Ab. In each episode, I talk with technologists, key players, and experts to help you navigate the changing landscape that is the legal profession. If you're looking for strategies, learn about trending topics, and get updates from the experts, then this is the place for you. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Fringe Legal Podcast. And my name is Ab, and today I have a wonderful guest who joins us. Uh, so I have Jen Rogan with, with me today. He's the founding partner of a boutique leading Belgian firm, Adimar Law. And he is also the founder of Change Legal. We'll certainly be digging into both of those topics in great details. So Jan, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me up. And I guess to get started, um, so you are a partner at a firm in Belgium, but you're joining me today from Kingston, Ontario. So how about we start with that? How, how, how did you get to Ontario? And uh, tell us a bit more of the story about, you know, what, what took you across the oceans? Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's a bit of a, it, it's a long story that started in 2016 when we started in our law firm, we have we have ten lawyers. We are an uh, environmental and real estate boutique in Belgium. Uh, we work mainly for public and private developers, where we help them develop uh, real estate projects, city development, all these things. And we were thinking about how how we could uh, deliver our services in, the, in another way. Um, and we started thinking and, and we developed a platform where we offered information on a subscription basis. And it, we, we had some clients rather fast, uh, but we found out that it didn't work. Like it didn't, we didn't get the result we, we hoped for. Uh, and it didn't work as planned. And, and it was, it was all very difficult, uh, having a law firm and working on a platform at night and, and, Trying to convince clients to use it, and like, and I, I, I felt that I, I, and, and nobody else in the law firm had the, the, the business background to start uh, innovating, right? Uh, and that's how I came to Kingston, Ontario, uh, because in Kingston, Ontario, there's a university. Uh, Queen's University, uh, where I did have been doing uh, a master in management innovation and entrepreneurship last year. Um, and then the good thing about this program is that it's very practical. Um, and, and they allowed me and several other people to join the program with our own project. So the goal of the program is to work on your innovation project within the company you're working in or to scale your company or it's, it's a very hands-on practical program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's why we moved to Canada with the whole family. Uh, and, and once we were here, I found out that actually the, the, the Canadian or Toronto legal innovation ecosystem is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and they're they're ahead of the, the Belgian market. So it's very interesting for me to be here and to learn 
and then to apply all these things back home in Belgium. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm still learning, absorbing information and trying to implement everything I've learned and I'm still learning uh, in my own firm in Belgium. Wow. But that, yeah. that's, that's basically the, <laughs> the story. Wow, that, that's fantastic. Um, so firstly, I guess congratulations on completing the Masters. Thank you. <laughs> and so how... What what's the experience? So it sounds like uh, I guess what took you to do the masters was very much a a focus on wanting to deliver a better service or a more relevant service to your to your clients, right? To your customers. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the management innovation and entrepreneurship masters. So what what kind of things, if you're able to speak, and um, what been sort of some of the projects, some of the changes that you've been able to implement and I, I guess and this is just an assumption I'm making so please do correct me that as a uh, smaller law firm that you and I guess if your other other partners or other members are similar minded to you that you're quite open to change and it sounds like a very much a client first law firm so have you been able to implement a lot of things have your partners been on board and yeah if you can give a couple of examples around that that'd be awesome um it's it's been it's been been a, a special experience to <laughs> trying to 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 guide a law firm through a change process remotely. Um, the we have a young law firm that's very open to change, but even when everyone's open to change, change management is very Challenging, uh, and if you want to do it remotely, it's even more challenging. So the 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 thing we have been working on within the last year is um, there, there's there's a lot of buzz about uh, legal tech, and 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 a lot of um, legal tech solutions trying to look for a problem. Uh, I think what we have been doing over the last year is trying to get the processes and the people in the right mindset and, mm -hmm. and to work on process. And while we have been doing working on mindset with people and, 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 and working on processes, we were able to better identify what we needed from the tech side. Mm -hmm. And that's how we ended up with, with the Terra. But so the what the, the main focus last year was was really on how do we build a bottom up culture instead of a top down in law firm, which isn't easy for people who have been lawyers for a long time to, to accept that that even like trainees or very young lawyers have mm -hmm. have, have qualities that other people don't. So that the fact that you can, even with 10, 15 years of experience, you can learn from uh, a, a very young associate when it comes to communicating with clients. This seems out to, to most lawyers. Yeah. Uh, but it it really is. And it, it, we, we think that's one of the, the biggest achievements in the firm mm. is that we now, like, the younger people, they have to learn when it comes to legal and when it comes right. to 
a lot of things, but they also have something to offer. That's why we hired them in the first place. Mm. So, so that's what we're trying to use everybody's uh, talents and knowledge, and to instead of making uh, uh, some kind of a complete lawyer of everyone, right? We try to divide the work, and and we have some lawyers who are very good, very empathetic, very good with clients. They 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 love being social. The the, the extroverts. So we put them in a client-facing position, whereas there are other people who are really good at um, thinking, contemplating the, the, the deep, deep legal work, mm-hmm. writing, writing complex advices. So we, we put these two people together and let them handle one person handles the client and the other one handles the the file. Right. So the the, the whereas in a, in a traditional firm you would have one person doing everything and yeah. then that one person would either not be very social mm-hmm. and not have a very good relationship with the client. Right, right. Or uh, would have to uh, have difficulties working contemplating all the time. Right. And I guess in everything, I mean, there's so much to unpack in that, but um, I guess a couple of the things that I do want to dig a bit deeper into is uh, absolutely agree with you that change management is very challenging, certainly necessary a lot of the cases. Um, and it seems like it, the challenge as the conception, uh, preconception might be, the challenge doesn't go away, even if people are open and accepting of it. Because obviously, it'll be good to understand what kind of challenges for you guys you've experienced and i'll ask some questions to dig into this but i guess just want to provide a summary um and certainly around um you know it seems like when you're looking at we were talking previously about how crowded the legal tech ecosystem is i I really do admire the approach of i suppose finding the technology to solve a problem um that has benefits rather than getting the technology and then looking for the problem that it can solve right mm-hmm. so that, that seems like a very logical approach uh, which is surprising sometimes uh, for businesses <laughs> generally let uh, alone law firms uh, um, and then I guess where one to start is you, know, you mentioned about setting up this culture which is bottom up rather than top down and I mean, this is something, and this is a difficult question. It might be to answer, I guess, but um, this is something that, you know, a lot of businesses say they want to try and do this. It sounds like you've done this. And certainly I love the idea that everyone in the law firm is learning from each other, right? The senior experienced lawyer, whether they're a senior associate partner, whatever they might be, can still learn from a junior who's just started maybe on how to communicate well with clients and certainly from the the juniors can learn about how to process certain regulations and deals and so on. So how do you actually how do you actually instill that culture within the firm? How did you go about doing that? Because that sounds like a very challenging task to change people's mindset to be accepting of that. Um, it is it is challenging, and then the the thing is the only way to do it is is just keep talking, keep pushing, never give up, always keep trying. 
you you will hit some walls, you will have fights or discussions. Right. Uh and 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 get over it and and, and start again. And the, the main thing which is very difficult in, in the legal industry is to uh put your ego at the door and leave it at the door before you go in. Right. Uh, and I, I think once you're able to do that, everything's possible. Mm. The, 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 the thing for me that made it possible, I think, mm. is that I was away. I, I, <laughs> I had to, I, I had to stop micromanaging my own firm. Right. Because all, all, um, almost all lawyers micromanage <laughs> their, Everything they like to be in control, uh, right? So yeah, they like to yeah. be in control not only of of their legal work, but also yep. of all the management and the and the associates and how they breathe and right, how they right. sleep and how they. So I I had I did micromanage before, but I had to stop it because I I was living abroad and and managing everything remotely, mm. and that gave my team the freedom and the space. Do it because they 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 had to do it, uh, and and one thing uh, they started doing rather recently is lean uh, coffee chats. I don't know if you know uh, Jason Little. Jason Little is is the uh, he wrote uh, a book on lean change management. He's okay. based in Toronto. He's based in Toronto. They have an, an online uh, presence so okay. website, uh, and then there's uh, Spark the Change. This is a, a two-day uh, workshop they're doing every okay. year, cool. and and he uses lean coffee chats, and that's basically it's it's like an unconference. Uh, it's it's once a week. Uh, you you meet for coffee, mm-hmm. and whoever has uh, something so, has an idea can present the idea, and then. Uh-huh. They did the associates vote on whether they want to discuss it or not. Right. And they talked about it for, I think, seven or eight minutes. Okay. And then after eight minutes, they decide on whether they want to continue the conversation or, or finish the conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, a very, uh, low, very easy way to get them together. And instead of talking about, uh, their Instagram or Facebook posts, <laughs> they're not talking about, uh, whether they can improve uh, a process or 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 something or deliver a better service mm. while having a coffee. So the the, the 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 beautiful thing is that once you succeed at involving mm-hmm. the juniors and everyone, yeah, uh, you're becoming a firm where there's not just the partners uh, directing. Or, or giving the direction, the rest following, but right. there's 10 people working in the same direction. And that's where it becomes very important to make mm. sure you're working in the same direction. Right, right. Okay. And so, I mean, it's not, so the, the lean coffee chat thing sounds really uh-huh. interesting. Uh, I certainly have to go and look up, uh, go look up Jason Little, actually. I'll try and read the book. Um, and I mean, it's, I, I've, I've heard of lean coffee, which is essentially, it sounds like it's the same sort of concept, which is around sort of a, a agile process of having a yeah. structured, 
an uh, agenda-less meeting, right? And it sounds like this is very similar. Um, and it, it, from what, how you're describing, and it sounds like part of this was a little bit accidental, maybe, or maybe we'll give you credit. And you, you calculated this move uh, when you moved away and became remote. Uh, but it certainly uh, sounds like giving the team that freedom, no matter how it came to be, um, uh-huh. allows them to just sort of invent their own ways in some way and then take yep. ownership and be accountable, not just to each other, but to themselves about you know, how they might want to handle these, these processes. That sounds, yep. that sounds really impressive. Um, it, so was the lean, what was the lean coffee chat or all of that stuff? Was that a, I guess, a result of the masters or is this just something that as you are looking into you know, working on the process part of things, so you have the right mindset, see how that was developed and as you then focus on getting the right processes in place uh, was this a something that was a more natural thing or something that was introduced as hey this is something that may suit our culture and the third um it was uh, if you remember it, 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 <laughs> yeah it, 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 it was it was one large big quest for solutions and, and trying mm-hmm. to we we have been experimenting with several things, um, and and you, I think a year ago we were still working like most law firms and, and trying to implement and and convince people and try to say okay we're gonna do this and then yeah. you do this and you do this and I, I I was still directing and telling them what to do right and and it didn't work right because if if people don't own what they're doing, then it doesn't work. Right. So it sounds, it's, it's, it sounds like part of what you're trying to do is to put is this concept of having uh, feedback loops in, in, in place, right? So they can actually yeah. monitor the feedback for themselves and yeah. then they essentially own and direct the actions to correct it and learn from it. The correcting doesn't have to be like it was wrong in the first place, but it's and that, that's that's what I've been trying to do is is to build a culture of continuous improvement mm. uh, and and continuous experimentation where uh, we still we're still lawyers so we we work and we bill and we we we, we make money yeah but we also try to collect feedback uh, both from clients and from internal or mm. internal from the other lawyers. Yeah. Uh, and, and we try to work and, and do it like the incremental change and, and work work on it every day and, and try to make try to improve something every day. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, at least from what I know of the law firm, you guys are certainly seen as a, a highly innovative law firm. And I think this is a good example of where innovation both means, you know, using technology and such, mm-hmm. uh, which you talked a bit about, but also actually making sure you have all of the other pieces in place that affect the people and the process. Um, yeah. So um, I, I guess, would you consider yourself, especially since you're such a young law firm, I'm curious actually more than anything else, would you consider yourself to be a successful law firm, whatever the metric might be for you? Um, yeah, I think that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I it's a leading, it's so, a leading question, yeah, right? <laughs> the, 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 I, I, I used to be a, a senior associate in a mm-hmm. big law firm. Yeah, uh, and then started uh, my own law firm uh, seven years ago. And the goal at that time was to 
deliver uh, become uh, uh, a small but but good law firm delivering mm-hmm. quality services. Right. And I think like we, we're even as a small law firm, we're, we're listed in the legal five hundred. Yeah. So I, I guess that means that we are considered to be a good law firm um, in, in what we do in our niche. And the, the next layer I wanted to put on it was, okay, now, now we, we picked that box. So yeah. now how are we going to be uh, the law firm of the future? Mm. And, and a lot of what I've been doing last year was studying how good the law firm of the future look like right. as a small firm. Uh, with limited money, limited resources, limited time, right? Uh, and and how can we get there without without taking tremendous risks, mm-hmm. uh, but just gradually improving? And then yeah, then, then it's it's all about incremental change, uh, continuous improvement, feedback loops, yeah. uh, thinking lean, all the yeah. So it's, it's so I guess what what. What do you, as you sort of, you know, last year, as you've been focusing on that, what do you think, uh, and this could be generally what you think might be a, uh, a law firm of the future, or certainly some uh, a law firm of this future in your segment, and that could be in your practice environmental law, or certainly the size and so on. What do you think are, or will be the important facets of that? Do you think it's all of the things that you talked about, you know, having contr- con- um, continuous improvement, uh, employing technology, but essentially minimizing the risk and so on. Or is there something else that you're still striving towards and trying to instill? Uh, there's there's lots I'm trying to. Mm. Um, I think <laughs> one of the the most interesting people for when it comes to uh, smaller law innovation is Mike Whelan. Uh and. What he talked about, I haven't, he, he published the book and it's, it's going to be online very soon. I haven't read it. I have read some of his articles and he talks about the legal supply chain. Uh, and, and that there's two types of, uh, law firms. And the one is the, the, uh, I'm trying to, excuse me, Mike, if I'm not translating this correctly, but one thing is the, the commoditized, uh, very accessible, uh, not so complex legal work mm-hmm. where you get a focus on, um, accessibility. Mm. And the other part is the more complex bespoke work where you get a, where you, you don't want to be accessible, where you, where you have to be, where, where there's sparsity. Mm. Uh, and, and what we're trying to do within our firm, and that's a difficult, uh, exercise is to combine these two because mm-hmm. we're our work used to be more complex, but we we got all the knowledge in house. So the question is, how can we use the knowledge we have and to make it available at a very uh, affordable price to a larger public? Yeah. And that that's that's something we we keep thinking about, and that's why we focus on knowledge management. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and process improvements mm-hmm. that we can, uh, we have the knowledge, we put in place processes and then we can use or, or, uh, using, we, we, one of our younger associates can help people in a very good, 
consolidated way because they have access to all the information yeah. and they know the process. So that that's the the, the goal where we want to be in, in like one or two years mm. to have all these things in place. Um, yeah, and that, that that's where we want to go. And I think that the, the good thing is uh, you, you you have a job outside of this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that that's how we met. Yeah, uh, uh, the good thing about when we we were looking for solutions uh, on, on, on document automation, and, mm. and what, I, what I actually wanted to do was knowledge management. And that's right. why we are working with Matera is mm. because. Uh, because they didn't just sell us what we were asking for, but they tried to look at the problem we were solving and provided us another solution to our problem, mm-hmm. uh, which is the uh, cross companion yeah. that we're now using for uh, internal knowledge management. And then the, the next step is, I think, um, what I wanted to explain is what we're trying to do is, um, there's a lot of firms that are doing working with with cloud bases or, mm. or something similar. Yeah, trying to do document automation in one way or another. Uh, what we're trying to do is how is is implement the system and make money out of it. Yeah, because we we're working <laughs> we're working on on, on on people and process. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we're still a law firm. We want to make money. Right. Uh, and and the issue is. You start working on um, um, automating documents, and you spend time and money uh, automating the documents. Mm. And then, on the other hand, you lose money because you're working more efficient. Yeah. So you 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 build less to your clients, and you make more internal costs. Yeah. So that that that's I think that's one of the big issues in in, in a lot of law firms. How how can you solve this problem? We we're trying to solve it. I don't, I don't know if uh, it isn't the perfect solution, but yeah. what we're trying to do now is to basically uh, we sell the clauses that are in the clause database mm-hmm. to our clients. So we're getting away from from billable hours, right? But it allows us to uh, track to collect data on how much how many clauses do we use a day week, month, year, how can, how can we improve uh, the, the use, how do we make sure everyone uses the databases as much as possible? Uh, and on the other hand, we can, we know how much time our associates spend um, right. putting, it, giving input to, to the database. Yeah. And we also know how much we pay you so we we can like it's 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 a system where the knowledge management is making money for us. Mm. Whereas I think in in most cases, a lot of law firms are implementing similar systems, but there's no return on their investment. And I think that 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 that's. Uh, that's something I wanted to tell. Yeah. Because no. <laughs> I think that's the key. That was that was how one of the reasons I was able to convince my other partners mm-hmm. was by solving this issue. 
and then innovation and and and, and technology isn't just a cost, but it be, it becomes an investment with a return on investment. Yeah, no, I I think that's awesome. So uh, let, let me try and summarize because there's a lot in there. Let me try and summarize some of that. Um, so firstly. Um, I haven't read the book, but I certainly will be reaching out to Mike um, for, for anyone who wants to find out a bit more about the book. It's called Lawyer Forward. Uh, Mike actually recently joined Case Dex, uh, but the book is still in the works. Uh, it's called Lawyer Forward, and it sounds it sounds fantastic, to be honest, um, mm -hmm. because there's so so many questions that I think he's trying to answer or certainly provide a discussion point for, uh, which are extremely important because it's a good connection between businesses and uh, ultimately, you sort of hit the nail on the head, which is, you know, whatever you're trying to do, there are, of course, good intentions there and you want to improve, but there is a business reason to do so, right? Because you need both of them in order for some, uh, the project to be successful. And uh, the idea of the legal supply chain model, um, actually, how do you actually leverage all of these connections that you're making? Um, it's absolutely crucial, and I, I agree with you that this is a an important component of what the law firm of the future needs to be. As you said, there's, uh, I'm sure I can list off many, many points around what the law firm of the future needs to be. Uh, and then on the technology mm -hmm. side of things, absolutely. And it sounds like, and if you could see me, I had a massive grin on my face as you were talking about <laughs> it. Um, full disclosure, obviously, I work for the Terra, so it's not just because you're using the products. Uh, yeah. But because of what you're trying to achieve with the products, right, from a services industry point of view, you're essentially going for the holy grail, which is productizing the services that you're providing. That's really yeah. what you want to do. You want to create a, a standard of proof, a standard of quality that absolutely anyone across the business, whether they're one day old in the business or they are a 10 year, decade old person, they should all be able to provide a certain level of quality to any and all clients, and then you guys take it the next step, which is how do we actually start leveraging this? And not just to make money, of course, that is important from a business perspective, but how do we add even more value to the client, right? And going away from the billable hour in that sense and focusing on some of the data points, that is so cool. And I agree, it's, it, you know, KM is a very important topic and it's an important function in a law firm as well as process improvement. But both of these things need to be, they need to serve a purpose, they need to be a means to an end. And that should be servicing your internal clients, your lawyers and users, as well as your internal client, external clients, sorry. And that is so, so uh, crucial. And this is, I mean, I think this is a fantastic example of how that can be done uh, at a small scale, but have huge, far reaching, uh, far reaching results that you can get from there. And I guess, obviously, sometimes some of these things are a little bit more challenging at a larger firm or a larger business. That's just because, you know, we have to do things at scale, but there's no reason that a larger firm can't follow a similar model and then scale up from there. So, yeah, I think that, that was that was fantastic. Uh, I wanted to interrupt you a couple of times, but I had to hold myself back. Uh, <laughs> um, that was really good. Um, I, 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 I love what you said about larger firms. Uh, the, 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 the advantage of, of a smaller firms is that we're, uh, we're more agile. So we can move faster and, and don't have like 26 committees who have to decide. But even within law firms, big law firms, larger firms, there's, there's even more, uh, unity 
to start experimenting on, on a very small scale. And I think all innovation should start on a, on a with with a small experiment. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the well, maybe it shouldn't, but in in my opinion, it can only work if you start with small experiments. Uh, and and it's definitely possible within within bigger law firms. Yeah, and I, I think I do agree with you, though, that it, innovation should stop with small experiments, uh, if only for the reason that if you put the scientific hat on, it allows you to control the variables and figure out what needs to be uh, tweaked or what's working, maybe what needs to be amended a little bit in order to make that experiment give you valuable data points. And it could be that it didn't work or it worked fantastically, but at least you know what's contributing to it, right? And the larger yeah. the scale, the harder it is to to know what the contributing factors are. Yeah. Um, I'm conscious of time, but I did want to ask a little bit more about, and we talked about change management quite a lot, about this important topic. And uh, so the other thing that you do is change legal. Um, yeah. So what, what's the, I guess, what's the connection or the story? What's the founding story of that business? Or I don't know if it's a business, but that, that the project. It's, it's a, a, a budding business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the the thing is that I've been working um, innovation and change management uh, in in my own firm, mm. and and the idea was that what I've been trying to do within the firm it would be uh, almost stupid not to use it and offer it to other firms and and other uh, legal departments or or law firms. Uh, and 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 see how I can use the, the knowledge and and the, the experience from from what I've done or what we've done in the firm, and use it to help other law firms do similar things. So that that's basically the the, the story behind Change Legal. Right. Uh, the quest is or the difficulty is how do you actually. Um, Convince lawyers to invest time in doing things differently, mm. and that's that's uh, there's uh, some uh, there's several uh, take by by several consultants uh, by very difficult uh, by different uh, consultants. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them are focusing. Um, um, Efficiency, um, project management on right. um, process optimization, because that's what resonates with lawyers. Uh, but it it doesn't solve the real issues. Yeah. So that that's it's 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 uh for now it's it's a bit of a it's more of a hobby, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's a budding business. And we'll see whether the, the budding will, business will become a real business. Um, but it's, 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 uh, it's, it's trying to uh, attempt to scale what I'm doing in my own firm. Right. That's, That's fantastic. Yeah. And actually, some of the, um, I guess, some of the thoughts and so on that you, uh, I read on your website. So if anyone wants to check it out, I hope you don't mind sharing is change.legal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're, they're useful and actually there's, there's a lot of interesting information in there. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be fantastic to see what happens from here. 
Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I agree, I think there certainly is a need for this, and you know, change is a constant, um, mm-hmm. a bit of an oxymoron, but uh, it is, and it's something that firms and other businesses need to be prepared for, and you know, that there should be a process or certainly ideas that should be applicable that makes it uh, that makes it more approachable. Um, so that would be fantastic. And if uh, I guess uh, in as we start closing this, um, uh, if people wanted to find out more about you or uh, what you're doing, um, the firm, anything like that, what's the best way to do that? Uh, should we just go to the website, uh, reach out on LinkedIn or anything else? Uh, they can reach out on LinkedIn or just uh, go to the website adamar.law or change.legal and, and reach out and I'll, I'll I'll get in touch. So it's it's we at change.legal uh, is the, the email of uh, change.legal and Adamar is uh, Jan Rogan uh, at adamar.law. And I'll add all of these in the show notes <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to make the spellings a little bit easier. Um, yeah. So perfect. Well, thank you so much. Uh, what a fantastic conversation. I appreciate you having it on. And I certainly have a com- couple of books and, uh, and people to follow up with to find out a bit more and dig a bit deeper into these topics. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Thanks again. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fringe Legal Podcast. Before you go, I have a huge favor to ask you. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. It'll take less than a minute and really helps others find the podcast. Meanwhile, you can find the show notes and resources from the episode on our website at podcast.fringelegal.com. That's podcast.fringelegal.com. See you next time.